Be sure to tune into Immigration with Tamina Watson this and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Immigration attorney Tamina Watson founded Watson Immigration Law here in Seattle and is a frequent speaker, author, and blogger who has appeared in Forbes, CNN, The Seattle Times, and much, much more. On her new radio show, Tamina will take all your questions live on air. Plus, she will discuss and provide insight into the latest immigration news and issues, as well as talk with notable personalities who have impacted U.S. immigration laws or are notable immigrants themselves. Check out her new show, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Immigration, with Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 a.m., radio that listens to you. Hello, listeners. This is Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 a.m. Welcome to today's show. Every day, every week at 10 a.m., we'll be hosting the show um, at Desi 1250. I hope you will join us. Um, Please do spread the word of the show, but also spread the word of the radio station. This is a brand new radio station in our community. We have not had a 24-7 South Asian radio station in in the SeaTac area. So this is very exciting for us. I have told so many people, and it's surprising that a lot of people really don't know that this radio station exists. You can listen to songs that you grew up with, new songs that you haven't heard from, you know, at all, what's going on in the Bollywood scene. You can listen to them at the comfort of your car at 12.50 a.m. You could listen to the songs and the radio in your kitchen like I'm doing these days. I would really love for you to spread the word for the radio station 12.50 a.m. and also about my show. My show is about immigration information. It's about informing and educating uh, people about What's going on in the immigration world? What is the latest news update that will affect you, your loved ones, your family members, uh, perhaps even your work, maybe your citizenship? Uh, We will also talk about um, uh, what's going on with... um, uh, I want to, I've added a new section, if you like, about um, famous immigrants. America is all about immigrants. The contribution is amazing, and often we don't even remember who these people are. Or we know them, but we don't even know that they're immigrants. So we've introduced a section about that. I hope you will listen and take note of it and be mindful of it. And if you have suggestions, make sure you let us know. We have a wonderful guest today. Our guests will be either notable immigrants or people who are making an impact on immigration law um, or immigration in general. Uh, today's guest is somebody who is making a huge impact on immigration and immigrants, and I can't wait to introduce you to her. So starting out, I want to make sure that you have our phone number, which is 206 414 That's 206 206- Four one four seven six seven four. We have an email address, which is info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com. If you have questions, comments, we'd love to hear from you. So let's move on to our famous immigrant of the day. Who doesn't know about Levi's, the jeans? I'm sure you all do. But did you know that Levi Strauss was born in Germany? He was born in Germany in 1829. He emigrated to the U.S. with his mother and two sisters. In 1847, that's over 100 years ago, the family joined two brothers, 
his two brothers in New York, where young Strauss worked in their dry goods business. After becoming a U.S. citizen in 1853, and I'm sure citizenship wasn't that difficult at that time, he moved to San Francisco during the height of the gold rush. He opened a small dry goods business as his brother's West Coast agent, and there he sold a successful line of fabrics and clothing. His brother-in-law, David Stern, a tailor from Nevada, told Strauss how he could use metal rivets in certain areas of stress on a pair of pants to prevent tear. At that time, miners and other laborers complained their clothes weren't durable enough. Strauss paid for a patent on Levi Strauss and Co. and the Blue Jeans brand was born in 1873. 142 years later, Levi Strauss jeans are just as popular and fashionable. More importantly, the global company's contribution to the US economy is unquestioned. In 2013, Levi Strauss and Co reported net income of 229 million dollars with 16,000 employees and 2800 company operated stores worldwide. Now, That's a huge contribution that maybe people knew or don't remember or you maybe you didn't know. So keep that in mind. Immigrants are making contributions to our country every day, past, present and hopefully in the future. So with current rhetoric, I'd ask you to be compassionate and understanding and advocate for the the rights and the 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 mission and the goals that America had from the in, in its inception. So now to news updates. We all know the terrible crisis that happened in Nepal, the disaster that was the earthquake. As a result of the earthquake, the USCIS created a temporary protective status for ne- citizens of Nepal. And while that was done a while ago, USCIS yesterday had issued a, a reminder that Monday December 21 2015 is actually the deadline to register for the register for TPS the TPS designation for Nepal runs from June 24th 2015 through December 24th 2016 Now what is uh, TPS you can register by filing a form I821 which is the application for temporary protected status If you are 14 years or younger you can ask to waive the biometrics uh, fee um you will be able to get work authorization um and if you if there is no form I76 765 fee for initial applicants under the age of 14 and over the age of 65 It's really important that you do this in a timely manner because December 21st is coming up very soon and if you cannot go back home and everything is still a disaster out there for you and your family then take advantage of this. Um and if you needed help you know where we are watsonimmigrationlaw.com. So now to our notable immigrant um sorry notable person making an impact on immigration. So I want to introduce you to Roxana Norozi who has 12 years of experience in advocacy and social justice work with immigrant and refugee populations. Currently she is the director of education and integration policy for One America, Washington's largest immigrant rights 
organization where she focuses on closing the opportunity gap through local and state policies and programs that support integration of immigrant children and families. In addition to her role at One America, she is also a clinical faculty member at the University of Washington's Master of Public Health program. Roxana is the board president of the Seattle Globalist, a global to local news media platform. She serves as vice president of the Children's Alliance Board of Directors and is an appointee to the Seattle City of Seattle's Immigrant and Refugee Commission. I just don't know how much time you have in the day. (laughs) In 2010, after earning her master's in social work at University of Washington, Roxana was awarded the Bonderman Fellowship, which allowed her to travel to 20 countries, exploring and reporting on post-conflict regions, migration trends, and identity. Roxana is fluent in Farsi, that's Persian, and her experience as a first-generation American informs her passion and commitment to education, equity, and immigrant justice. Welcome, Roxana. Thank you. Thank you so it's much so for being here. It's so exciting to be here. Thank you. I mean, you know, I want to talk about so much more than just this report, but let's talk. get to the bottom of it because we don't have a lot of time. Great. One America came out with a report recently on December 3rd, and it's talking about reducing brain waste. This was a lot of effort by your organization and you in particular, so thank you so much thank for you. going through this effort. Describe to the listeners what brain waste is. Okay. Brain waste is actually a new term that's been developed to describe immigrants and refugees who come to this country with advanced skill sets and also degrees. So these are individuals who come over with degrees in law, medical, healthcare, teaching, um, the science and technology fields, and find themselves in a situation where they're underutilizing their skills because they cannot get back into their professional field of study and therefore are also missing out on wages and pay. So what happens is that this is a net loss both for immigrant and refugees themselves because not only are they not able to realize their full um, earning potential, but also in terms of being civically engaged and full contributors to our society, many opportunities are not um, they face many challenges when re-entering the workforce. And also for our economy, currently, um, particularly in Washington State, we have a huge skills gap. We know that there will be um, millions of job vacancies in the next decade, and most of these jobs do require a post-secondary degree. So um, better supporting immigrant and refugees who have um, advanced degrees from their home countries to integrate and fill this skills gap truly is a net gain for the whole economy. But our inability to do that is a term that we've dubbed brain waste. And many of you, I'm sure, have been in a taxi cab where you've talked to the cab driver and through conversation found out that he was a doctor in his home country or um, talked to a nursing assistant in a hospital who found out she was a registered nurse in her home country and are working in these low-wage or survival jobs because of the need to support their families and um, don't have the time, resources, and really the support to navigate um, getting back into their field and really utilizing their um, degrees, skills, and realizing their full earning potential. Wonderful. Well, that's a very, very detailed description of what brain waste is. How did the report come to be? 
That's a great question. So um, as many of you are familiar, One America was founded back in 2001 as a result of some of the negative backlash facing immigrant and refugee communities. The South Asian community was very key to um, ensuring that Washington and the greater Seattle area become a hate-free zone and continue to remain as a welcoming um, welcoming community for immigrant and refugees. And since then, we've evolved from hate-free zone to One America, where we focused on policy and community organizing to um, best integrate the needs of immigrant and refugees when they do arrive um, in the country, and particularly to Washington State. And a few years ago, we produced a report on the many economic contributions of immigrant and refugees. This was mostly focused on um, fields such as farming and other labor-focused um, areas. And through uh, taking a deeper look at that report and also looking at some of the national trends around immigration, um, we've noticed that, uh, and we've seen through data, that more immigrants are coming to the country with um advanced degrees and professional skills. And um, as I mentioned before, our our systems are not able to fully support those individuals in, um, and integrate them into the economy. And so we took a sliver of that report and did a really deep dive on this particular immigrant population, both given the growing number within the demographic, as well as knowing that this is something that I really believe we can do something about. And so what we've offered in the report is we've laid out both some of the barriers, but also um, a lot of the solutions and things that we can do. Um, the other reason that this report is very timely is, as many of you and, and you, you know, are also very aware, our demographics are changing in Washington State. We are more diverse than we ever were before. 13% of our population are immigrant and refugees, and that number is only growing. And that also means that we um, need a workforce that is diverse, that re represents our population, um, where that has the linguistic and cultural skills to meet the needs of our growing demographic. And that's another reason why we focused on the brain waste issue and this report is that we, f we really believe that um, better integrating this sector of the immigrant population also has larger impacts around um, having a more diverse workforce and meeting the needs of all immigrant refugees and really all citizens of Washington State. Well, I'm, I'm truly excited because I, as an immigration lawyer, am seeing people who are dependents of visa holders and often um, not only because they don't have the, the work permission, but we, even if they had work permission, they just don't know how to get back into the workforce. Yeah. And often somebody's a doctor or a lawyer from their home country. They don't have the money to go to law school or medical school again. They don't know how to go about doing something else. So this is just wonderful. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about the findings? Um, what, what kind of skill ga skills gaps are you talking about? Sure, yeah. Um, so two of the areas that we went really deep in in this report were teaching and nursing. And the reason for that are, are twofold. One is that these fields are very highly regulated. And so as we began our research a few years ago, and we've been working on this report for almost three years now, um, talking with our many community partners who do great work in this area and really trying to pull everything together, um, 
we found that teaching and nursing are areas that are highly regulated and many immigrant and refugees face a number of barriers when trying to get back into these fields, particularly around credentialing, licensing. Um, and also, as I mentioned before, these are fields where the linguistic and cultural skills of immigrant and refugees are highly, highly needed and sought after. Can I ask a question? Sure. <clears throat> so somebody who's listening uh, may not understand what you mean by regulated. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure. So um, what I mean by regulated is that um, the state has um, a protocol around how you can actually enter that field. So, for example, if you want to become a registered nurse, first you have to um, you have to prove to the state that you have the degree and all of the coursework that you've met all of the coursework to be able to become um, registered and certified as a registered nurse. And then from there, you actually have to take an exam, um, which is a comprehensive exam that um, demonstrates your knowledge and your ability to practice in the field, and you have to pass that exam. Um, for immigrant and refugee or anyone who's foreign-born, um, they actually have to take another exam called the TOEFL that demonstrates um, English language proficiency. And this is a high-level of it's a high threshold. It's actually a test that's mostly used for PhD and doctoral students um, and has proven to be a huge barrier for many immigrant and refugee nurses because they're taking the certification test in English anyway, but it's an additional test that um, that really does not meet it doesn't it doesn't measure the right skill for becoming a registered nurse and and um, is a barrier for many many individuals just because of the high threshold of English language. Um, so you, so so those that's an example in one field of what highly regulated. There are a lot of steps and rules, and even in getting your credentials evaluated, the state has a list of evaluators that they accept um, that they accept the credential evaluation from. So these are areas. A, a good comparison is something like um, IT, where you don't need a license mm -hmm. and you don't need to um, go through the bureaucracy of a state. You can mm -hmm. actually go to a company like Microsoft and Google, and if you prove that you have the skill set, mm -hmm. they they can hire you. Right. But fields like teaching and nursing, there are a number of steps, and that's why we've picked those two fields to look at how we can reduce some of the barriers. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what the solutions are that you are coming up with or suggesting? Sure. Um, I wish I had a simple answer. And the interesting thing about this topic is that there is no one solution. It actually um, requires a, a multi-sector approach and requires all of us, um, including many of the listeners um, who are listening today, to um, think about what role and what part they can play. But some of the things that we've offered in the report are, um, one, just better policies and um, actually a focused dedication around immigrant integration at the state level. This is something that a couple of other states have pushed forward as having an office of immigrant integration and then a task force or a specialized body that is focused on the needs of foreign trained and credentialed immigrants that would work across different state departments to reduce some of the barriers that I talked about earlier. Um, some of the other things are scholarships and loans. Often cost is a huge issue for many immigrant refugees. And these are costs to complete 
um, coursework that may have not been fulfilled or gaps in in study, but also just the cost of getting your credentials evaluated mm-hmm. are so much. We have a story in the report where <clears throat> one of our um, someone from Ukraine discussed that she had to uh, save up five thousand dollars. Wow! Just to have her credentials evaluated. Wow. So, um, so cost is a huge piece, and then um, a lot of. The solution, I believe, is around um, it, just around um, social capital and support. So case management, we have a great initiative that's national, but also we have uh, here in Washington State called the Welcome Back Center that actually walks many individuals from any field, started in nursing, but now they serve anyone in any field. Um, how do you re-enter your industry and what are the, what is the process? What do you need to do? They have dedicated case management um, for individuals, anyone who walks through their door. And so we're really trying to build the capacity of initiatives like that. Um, also looking at what's happen- happening nationally. There are a lot of guides that help um, people understand, okay, this is what I need to do in order to um, re-enter my field. So Um, We also mentorship is a huge component, and that's something that I think many of the listeners can do if you're impacted by the issue of brain waste. But if you're not, you can also support um, people who need uh, entry point into the field through mentorship, offering them internships, or really being open to hiring. I think there's a lot of bias around um, foreign degrees and Mm -hmm. them being equivalent to degrees earned in the home country. And so demystifying that and really building some movement around how immigrant and refugees, even if their education has been done outside of the country, are an asset. They bring valuable skills and they can truly um, raise up and uh, contribute to our economy. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Roxana. That was really, really helpful. A lot of my clients, listeners, of course, I hope uh, the community will benefit from this in the long term. I hope everyone comes together to help and support and be part of this this program, this initiative, and let Washington State perhaps be an example of getting immigrants to contribute more and be part of the society. Um, Can you please tell people, uh, we don't have much time left anymore, but very quickly, if they wanted to contact you, how would they do that? Sure. Um, You can go to our website. It's www.weareoneamerica.org, and that's spelt out. Um, My email is also Roxana, R-O-X-A-N-A, at weareoneamerica.org. Um, And I'm happy to um, answer any questions and be in touch. And I also encourage, if you are impacted by brain waste um, and uh, you feel that your skill sets and your education are being underemployed, I would also contact the Welcome Back Center at Highline College, and they are a great resource. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for being on the show. Thank, thank you, for you for putting me. so much time and dedication and thought and effort into a report like this that will benefit so many people. I'm excited to see where it will go. Thank you. So it's a pleasure and an honor. Oh, and thank, thank you for you. having me. Of course. Thank you. I hope you'll come back soon yes. and talk about some other things. I have that lots to talk about. <laughs> I love it. Our <laughs> listeners will I'll love come it back too. Anytime. <laughs> Wonderful. We look forward to it. Thank you. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us. We're running out of time, I'm afraid. Um, if you have questions or comments, please email me at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com. I always want to hear from you and have feedback and thoughts. Um, if there's an issue that you'd like me to discuss in news updates or anything else, please feel free to email me. 
The website for our firm is watsonimmigrationlaw.com. If you need immigration assistance, you know where I am. We uh, are able to help you with practically everything except removal. Um, you can always find our details at the Desi1250 website as well, which is www.desi1250am. Next week, we will talk more about immigration updates. We will also have another very special guest on our show. Sign up to our blog to learn more about this in advance. Thank you again to Roxana Norosi for being on our show today. Thank you to the listeners for tuning in. This is our new show, Desi, on Desi 1250 AM, Immigration with Tamina Watson. We hope to talk a lot about immigration law and hope to educate and inform you. With the current rhetoric in immigration and so much more in the news, it's really important that you're informed, you're compassionate, you're understanding, you, you share your knowledge with people that have misunderstandings and misconceptions and show compassion. There was a saying I recently saw on a Facebook page that somebody asked um, a, a physician, what do you do for somebody who's violent or negative? And the physician said, show them love. And the answer was, give them more love if you need to. We look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Trying to find out what's going on in Seattle? Concerts, events, community and more. Visit DC1250AM.com.